0: Back to the stock market options trading podcast. My name is Eric, and in this episode, I wanted to give my thoughts on the market here and what's really been working for me over the last several weeks and actually the last couple months. We've doing really well January through February. This is the last day of February here, so. I'm going to include some of the methods that I'm using to be successful in this market. So even if you're listening to this episode, you know, a week or 2 after the published date, I think you'll still find some value and I'm going to continue to implement these methods, you know, foreseeable future, and really just to stay on the right side of the market. That's the ultimate goal here right now. So, now as I'm recording this, SPX is trading at about 3975. I am recording this on Tuesday, February 28th, about an hour or so after the open. And I want to talk a little bit about the macro, some of the things that have been happening last week and into this week. So from a macro perspective, inflation doesn't really seem to be going down or going away. It has slowed definitely, but there was a little bit of a pickup last week and there were some... Uh, revisions upward revisions last week and it really put a hawkish tone in the fed from the uh, Powell talking last week so that pushed us a little bit lower and we're back below that 4000 level in the S&P 500 and this week so far there's been some weakening sort of economic reports we have durable goods that came in a week I think there's some weaker than expected PMI numbers And so from a macro perspective, the the economy itself is starting to show some cracks. There are some weakening economic reports. But the two things that seem to be kind of hanging in there are inflation and the labor market. And when you think about the Fed, their mandate is to basically keep those things in check. So you know good job that everyone's you know still has a job although there are some layoffs coming they they've been saying that for a while we'll see if the numbers show up eventually but but inflation is still is still kind of um it's strong so this is going to bolster the higher for longer camp when it comes to rates and this will definitely keep the lid on the market until inflation i think is probably the biggest driver that they're looking at until that kind of comes down so in short you know, this doesn't really bode well for stocks. Doesn't mean we can't, you know, move back up above 4,000. That's not a magical level or anything like that. But I do think the upside is limited. So we want to approach this market as kind of a range bound market. And there's a few different ways you can identify the range. And we'll talk about uh, a couple of these ways. But I want to get into what's been working for me past couple months and really is understanding each week what the boundaries are for that particular week and and maybe what the range is. Now, when you have things like Fed announcements and and GDP and inflation reports, really all bets are off. So I've been trading around those, avoiding most of those days. So understanding what the boundaries of the week would be, what what the events, the announcements are, because those can move the markets a little bit. Like last week, it pushed the market lower. We've, we've continued to push lower over the last, um, you know, four or five days. And the other thing that's been working well for me is really understanding how the options market is positioned. And I've talked about this in different episodes and on the YouTube channel and in the group and all that stuff. And that's how the options market is positioned because there is an effect where the options market can drive the price of stocks um, and, and ETFs and things. And when you get a lot of call buying, we've talked about this before, in order to hedge those calls, that the market makers have sold you, they actually have to buy the stock. So this can exacerbate some moves up, and the same thing can happen on the way down. So getting a a tool that can help you kind of see what the options market is doing, and we'll talk about a couple of them here, I think is going to be helpful if you're a short-term trader, and that's ultimately what we're talking about. Now, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the trades I've been taking. I do a lot of credit spreads. And I just want to quickly cover the nature of those trades. So in January, we closed five credit spread trades. these are for SPX. And three of the five of them were put credit spreads, and two of five were call credit spreads. They were all winners. We were typically selling the spreads for $1.60. Um some one was the dollar ninety, and we're you know booking about 50% of the max profit, give or take on any given day. The durations of those spreads that have been working well is for that particular time was two to eight days. And it kind of varies. And a lot of times um, when you see the options market position, positioned a certain way, and you know there's a key level based on um, maybe some gamma uh, levels. We, I know we talk about spot gamma and the call wall and put wall. So some of those levels come into play. Uh, so, when you look at the chart of January, the market was actually pretty bullish where um at the beginning of the year, the market was down at thirty eight and a quarter, give or take, and then rose up to by late January was up to over four thousand about forty fifty so January was really, really bullish, so it made sense that the options market was showing a lot of potential bullishness or at least lack of bearishness. And typically my take is if there's not a lot of action, the market's gonna float up most of the time. But if you see the positioning to be bearish, and this could be call selling, put buying, um, those type of, you know, either one of those or a combination of those, then the market is probably gonna sort of drift in that direction. So January, it drifted up. And then if I look at the trades for February, and we still have one open now, we sold a call credit spread at the 40-50 level that's uh, doing pretty well. So we got 75 points out of the money at this point, and it expires on Friday. So I want to see how long we can let this one ride, but we're about 50% of that profit right now. But this was a call credit spread. And if I look at the February trades, the first February trade was a put credit spread, And then the last um, five trades have all been called credit spreads. And really it's been kind of a short the rally type of mode. Now, we did avoid trading or holding through some of the Fed announcement stuff. Um, So we entered after that. And that's actually been working pretty well. And if you look at the chart of February, today's the last day of February recording this, February's been pretty bearish. So it makes sense that the options market is hedging. I know it's typically a bearish time of year anyway, from a seasonality standpoint. So it makes sense that a lot of these trades ended up working out. And you know, when you're looking at options analysis, um, one of the things I look at or get information from is spot gamma. And a couple of things happened over the last few weeks where there's been the call wall at 4,200. And if you if you want to know more about call wall and put wall. I believe it's episode 49 of the podcast where I had, uh, I think it's titled "What Is a Call Wall." I think it's 49, and I had Brent Kachuba come on from Spot Gamma and help explain that. And they put out those levels as part of their service over at SpotGamma.com. So I want to, you know, give a shout out to them. But you know, one of the things I look at is what is the call wall and put wall doing now? In many cases, the call wall and the put wall tend to be support and resistance, but they also tend to be really farther away from the price action. So if you're trading two-day, five-day, six-day type options, the call wall and put wall are really just, to me, I I look at that as the range. And one of the things I'll look at, for example, is when the market rallied up to 4,200, and this was early February, the call wall didn't shift up. And what that's telling me is that, hey, the market is extended. It was, you know, we gapped up. There might have been a report or something that day. But we actually touched the call wall, which is pretty rare. And that call wall held and the market's down, you know, several weeks in a row after that. So when the market starts to approach the call wall, for example, in this case, and the call wall doesn't shift up, So what that means is that when the markets are going up and more call buying isn't happening to shift that wall up, that's sort of a sign that there there could be some momentum to be lost there. So in this case, the spot gamma level was right. Uh, 4,200 was the the short-term top. I don't even know if we actually touched it. I think it was 4,195. But the other thing that happened um, during the January sort of rally was that the put wall shifted up. So when you see the put wall shift up from I think it was 3900, it went up to 3950 and maybe 4050. So this sort of supports the idea that there's there's a bullish undertone happening and that you could look at bullish trades. Well, fast forward into February the put wall actually shifted back down to, I believe it's around 3,900 now. So we're back to this large range of 3,900 to 40 uh, 4,200 with the call and put wall. Now that's a lot of points. That's 300 points in the S&P. That's a lot of points to try to pick a direction. And if you're trading in the smack dab middle of it, if you're trading at 4,000, 4,100, somewhere in there, you know, it's really a crapshoot as to which way the thing's gonna go. So we we, you know, then I will narrow down my options analysis um, looking at things like gex levels i use traditics for that i've posted videos i posted on the uh, website too like you know some probabilities and things and that can really help determine the short-term direction of the market the other thing i look at is the weekly forecast from alphacrunching.com that's a tool that i developed for trading short-term spx Um, i mainly use it for zero dte but what what the weekly chart can tell you there is really, is there any sort of trends to the week? It's an intraday seasonality tool. So I look for patterns that can happen. And one of the things for this week, it was just all over the place. So it's really telling you there's kind of this mean reversion sort of happening. So as the market uh, popped a couple of days over the last um, week or two, we were selling call spreads just with the idea that we know that we don't think those moves will be, uh, will be sustained. And we, and if you look at the chart as I'm looking right now, there's a lot of red candles going on uh, with with the SPX, and I'm just looking at the daily chart. So, so those are some of the tools we look to to sort of see what the range could be. Where is the market trading within that range right now? As I said, I believe the put wall is back to 3,900, and and obviously these things can change either day. So you know you need the tools to sort of continue to an, analyze this stuff. Uh, But right now we're trading at 39.75 ish. And so, you know, in theory, as long as things don't get super ugly, um, we're in the lower part of the range and 3900, I would expect to be a pretty strong support level for now. And again, these things can change each day, but I wanted to throw out there what what I'm looking at right now, but also just try to include how I approach the market for my short-term trading. The way that these things can help you, I know I talk about the S&P 500 a lot because I trade it a lot, but it can also help you with whatever stocks you trade. And I know, you know, there's the Teslas and the NVIDIAs of the world who kind of got their own story going on and they can buck the trend, but most stocks are going to follow the S&P 500. So if you know that the S&P 500 is in the upper part of the range and reaching the peak and whatever stock you're in, um, you know, that might be a good time to either, you know lighten up or potentially sell covered calls on stocks that you own. So you can still use this analysis of figuring out what the likely probability over the next week or so is of the S&P 500 and sort of incorporate that into your um, your own trading with your own stock. So or obviously you can trade SPY, SPX as well, but I think analyzing the S&P 500 in addition to your stocks is really gonna help you stay on the right side of the market now. Now, just about every day I post on the free website at stockmarketoptionstrading.net and I'll post some things that I'm seeing. And let's talk about what I'm seeing right now as we're talking about uh, this. And one of the things that's been happening over the past um, probably a week or so, there's been a lot of call selling happening. We're actually seeing put buying today, but there's been a a lot of call selling happening out into the March 17th expiration. As I'm speaking, uh, there's a lot of call selling and put buying happening today for this Friday's expiration. So when you get a tool that where you can see net call buying and and, uh, selling versus put buying and put selling, it can really help you understand what some of the big players may be doing. Obviously selling calls is a bearish neutral strategy. So obviously buying puts is bearish as well. So when you see a combination, a lot of calls being sold and a lot of puts being bought, that's really telling you that um, there are people that are hedging their uh, portfolio or their stocks or whatever. And again, seeing a lot of call selling out into the March expiration. Now, as we approach the 3,900, if I see this shift back, because if you think about it, if if someone's buying puts today, let's, uh, what's today? February 28th. If you're buying puts today and the market moves lower for a week or two, at some point, you're going to buy those puts back for a profit. And when you buy those puts back for a profit, the market makers that were initially short because they had to hedge your puts, when you buy it back, that means they have less short delta to cover and they they will actually have to go long or cover their shorts. So this can actually shift the market around. So we could still see sort of like there's been more puts bought than calls and you look at open interest and it's really not good enough to really analyze that. But when you see, a you know, get to a key support level, let's let's call it 3,900 for now. We'll see if it holds or we'll see if we get there. But if you get to a support level and you see that options market shift, there's two things happening. A, someone's probably taking profits. Um, So if you see call buying, That doesn't necessarily mean people are buying calls to go long. They could just be covering their short calls. And same thing with the puts. If you buy puts and then you see puts selling, then ultimately they may not be actually selling puts, but they may be buying, uh, selling their puts that they were already in. Either way, it doesn't matter. What matters is if call selling and put buying is relatively bearish. And when you see the opposite and you're at a support level, that might be a good place to sell premium or go long or whatever, with whatever system you're using. So I use these tools as sort of a probability sort of standpoint and try to position myself to be on the right side of the short-term moves of the market. So again, come join me on the website. It's totally free. I post some of this stuff. There's other people that are using some of these tools too. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in the next one.